Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre. That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. But we decided that was not enough. And now we're going to explore the television series that came out over the past few years on MCU characters. Issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you'll enjoy this continued exploration of the MCU universe. Today we take up WandaVision Episode 7, Breaking Down the Fourth Wall. It's a ton of fun. There are lots of reveals. I know you'll enjoy this production of the Compliance Podcast Network. WandaVision Episode 7, Breaking Down the Fourth Wall. In the mid to late 2000s, Maximoff decides to have a day to herself, and Agnes agrees to babysit Tommy and Billy. Maximoff sees various parts of her house constantly changing and is unable to control them. Vision wakes up to find sword agents inside the boundary are now members of a circus. He releases Darcy Lewis from the spell, and she tells Vision about Vision's death and the events that led to the current situation. Outside of Westview, Rambo and Agent Wu meet with loyal sword personnel and obtain a vehicle designed to cross the barrier. However, the crossing proves unsuccessful, and Rambo decides to enter herself. As she passes through the static wall and emerges, she seems to have heightened vision. Rambo confronts Maximoff, but Agnes tells Rambo to leave and takes Maximoff to her house. Maximoff looks for her boys in the basement and discovers a strange lair. Agnes introduces herself as a witch named Agatha Harkness and reveals that she has been disrupting Maximoff's life, including sending an imposter as Pietro and killing the boy's dog, Sparky. And now I'm going to bring in Megan Doherty and we're going to discuss Episode 7, Breaking Down the Fourth Wall. And as promised, Megan Doherty is now with us. Welcome, Megan. So happy to be here, as usual. So we are moving towards the conclusion of WandaVision today. Of -hmm. course, it's Episode 7, Breaking Down the Fourth Wall. I have to start with that title because I absolutely love that title. When I was a kid, I saw a movie, Fourth Dimensional Man, where... He did that. He broke down the fourth wall. So I was always loved the start of this episode with the mockumentary. I thought was uber cool. And so I thought it started off great and it only got better. What were some of your initial thoughts on episode seven? I like this one. Obviously, this is the episode where things really start to fall apart. The masks are coming off. Ideas are breaking down. Illusions are no longer being maintained. And we get a couple of really big reveals about what is going on behind the surface. So I, I love this episode, particularly the very end, which is one of my favorite parts of the entire season. I have to start with the commercial of the nexus of all realities. That was both weirdly out of place and weirdly perfect at the same time. <laughs> and so I really enjoyed that. 
I thought it was a great parody, but it seemed to be perfect for this episode. I really liked Ka's transformation in this episode and the powers she was able to get by going through the barrier. And I hope that is just a teeny little portending of what we see in the future. And I think so, given some of the other things we saw and the rest of the episodes of WandaVision. But maybe what did that mean or feel to you? Because I know you really like Monica. I do really like Monica. And I like I love that she was working with the dream team, Jimmy and Darcy, <laughs> <laughs> as they shall henceforth be known. And I loved her response to this original plan not working. They had the big spaceship. It reminded me of those big drills from Armageddon. I don't know if you remember those. They were going to... Oh, yeah, yes. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. But when it failed, when she saw that it wasn't going to work, she's just, no, I got this. And it was this really interesting struggle in the way she came through and her whole vision changed. The way she saw the world changing. I thought it was really excellently done. And I agree with you. I think there's going to be more Monica Rambeau content, and I look forward to it greatly. So one of the things I've sort of mini obsessed on in preparing for this episode was not Monica getting her powers or even using her powers. It was when she tried to really talk sense into Wanda and Mm. to get Wanda to see what was really going on. And when I saw that the first time, I think I felt a little sadness. And when I rewatched it, I think that feeling was magnified. But then I realized, one, if she talked her out of it, probably in the series, so we couldn't (laughs) do that because we're not ready. But two, Wanda wasn't ready. She wasn't ready, and she had to have either additional adventures, additional information, or one of the things that you have, one of the key themes I've heard you consistently talk about in this podcast series is grief. And so we're seeing an arc of that, and I really saw that as we moved into the next two episodes. But how did you feel about that scene in Wanda's house where Monica really tries to, I would say, talk her down, but it's to bring her back to reality? Yeah, I think it was really interesting because like earlier in the episode, like with the mockumentary where Wanda's breaking the fourth wall or being directed a little bit, but she's demonstrating more self-awareness, I think, than we've seen so far. She's questioning why can't she fix this? What's going on? Why can't she you know, make things right. She knows she should be able to make things right, but I'm not sure if she fully understands why she should be able to make things right yet or what level of control she does have over this place. And Monica was just coming from a completely different place. That you've got to stop this speech probably would have worked a lot better on someone who was fully cognizant of what was going on. But really, I think it just hit Wanda as you just want to take away my home and my family and this only place where I'm safe and comfortable and happy. So I thought that was really interesting and well done. And I think it was probably a bit of a misstep. I get where Monica was coming from with that approach, but it was plainly the wrong one. And then Agnes. And Agnes Agnes. reaches, if not full potential, maybe there's room for growth in later episodes, but certainly becomes very prominent here. And if I didn't know the title of this series was WandaVision, At this point in this episode, (laughs) I could have thought this is the Agnes show and that we've been leading. We've been looking at red herrings and misdirection leading us to Agnes and that Agnes could be a character we are introduced to in this series and we could see again. And I, at least in this episode, I really liked 
the way Agnes developed because I saw it as a as Agnes flowering and within the structure of what either she is or she is supposed to be I really thought even though she didn't kill the dog. Okay, let's, we have to talk about the song, though, because how great is that song? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I've ra- 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 rambled on enough about Agnes. What did you think about the trans full flowering of Agnes in this episode? Oh, I thought it was great. And the way they did all of those cutbacks to reveal how she was coming onto the scene and pulling the strings and making things challenging and really causing a lot of this conflict that, that Wanda was experiencing. And there's no real motivation to her yet at this point. Like, all we know is that it's just mean for the sake of mean. And they've been building up to it with giving her, making it seem like she she had slightly more knowledge or different knowledge than the other residents of Westview. But she's just marvelous. Like, what a... She just seems, as a, as an actor, or as a character, she just takes so much delight in wickedness. And it's it's, it's just a romp. I agree. And I really liked, liked this part. So, we're... Did you have any thoughts about Vision in this episode and what his journey or his struggle or where he is, or does it just cool to hang out with Darcy? He and Darcy are adorable together, but I think it's becoming less and less about, I know he still plays a role and he's still involved, but I think it's, I'm less interested in his storyline, I think, because he's now, we know he's a creation of Wanda, although to what level of creation is interesting, I think we get more into that in the next episode. Yeah, I found the Wanda Agnes kind of storyline a lot more interesting in the Monica one than the Vision and Darcy. It was still charming, though. I'm always a Darcy fan, and she was playing <laughs> off each other. It was, it was funny. I can see that in you. I really can. I can see you as Darcy, even. Um, life goals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that cool. <laughs> well, stretch goals. Stre- nothing wrong with a stretch goal. I guess I thought, I think in this episode, it's clear to Vision who he is and what he is in this reality, and that he is, I'm not sure non-sentient being is correct, but that at some point he died. And whatever incarnation this is of him, it is not a reincarnation of what he was. It's something different. I think you and, have a really good point there. I'm just going to stop you because is he sentient? Are the children sentient? To what extent are they alive? I think that's a really good question. I don't want to talk about the other episodes too much, but I'm beginning to wonder in this episode, particularly in the reviewings, and there's absolutely no visual evidence of this, is this all in Wanda's head? It's her creation. I'm comfortable in saying that this is her creation. And if it's her creation, are these characters simply reflections of her mind, her will, her brain power or vision stone or mind stone, I should say, the power of the mind stone. Although remember when the twins were babies and they aged up without her wanting them to. Right. There was something else acting on them. Maybe it was themselves, maybe Agnes. But I see vision beginning to understand or at least consider not only should I not, that not only am I not here, I shouldn't be here and that something needs to to change, happen, or maybe just be fixed. And we see that play out a little more. But I saw it in a way that I didn't see a lot of pain from him in this episode. I saw rationality and realization, Mm -hmm. but it was not a grief that Wanda's experiencing. 
with something else. And that whole, you're right, much smaller part of the show really I thought was very powerful as well. I think it's an interesting idea. He wasn't, because he, he had learned, of course, that there was the outer reality, possibly the more real reality. Vision was never what we'd call an erotic and hysterical, overly emotional character. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not Canadian. Okay. <laughs> but, so I think maybe at worst, he's getting a second shot at consciousness. Yay, that's a win, right? If you <laughs> Goodbye, Oblivion. Hello, I'm sentient again. So there might right. be something to that. And also, the world Wanda created for them was nice. It was the one they had wanted. A pleasant life, couple of kids, little house. White picket fence. White picket fence. Heard a lot of girls say that's what they wanted growing up. <laughs> and then they got it. Boy, was that wrong. <laughs> Problem is it comes with a husband. <laughs> Usually that's involved. But not always. I think you've shown that there are other ways. <laughs> My fence is wrought iron. I thought this was a great way for us to segue into, obviously, the last two episodes. The mm. blooming of Agnes. I just adored that. So good. And I guess the last thing I wanted to maybe explore, and you touched on it, and you may have already figured this out, was what's Agnes's motivation? I didn't see it in this episode, although I agree with your analysis that she just seemed to be evil just for the sake of being evil. I think perhaps I understood it differently after the next episode, but... Did you see any real intent, any purpose, anything driving her other than just mischievousness at this point? At this point, no. And I really like that. I really like that because I think especially because this whole context for this entire series is TV shows, sitcoms from various points in history. Sometimes villains are just villains. And they don't have a motivation. They're just mean. And it's not the most nuanced way to write a character to have in a story, but sometimes it's really satisfying. It's fun. And so I thought she was, yeah. I'd, if Hannibal Lecter wants to have a friend up for lunch, that's just, that's the way it is. Sometimes <laughs> people are just evil. And if they have a theme song, I think they should get away with it. <laughs> Every great hero needs a theme song. Fun and fact, uh, Catherine Hahn did the female vocals in that song. That was great. We're near the end of our time for this episode, but I am Tom Fox, and... I'm Megan Doherty, and we'll see you for episode eight, the penultimate episode of WandaVision. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as Megan and I had fun uh, re-watching WandaVision and bringing it to you. If you haven't re-watched WandaVision recently, I would urge you to do so. It's a, a great show, and it certainly... Uh, bears uh, re-watching as well. As this is a relatively new podcast, I would ask if you would tell your friends about it, if you're a lover of all things MCU, or pass it along to anyone else who you think might enjoy it. And really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It would greatly help get out the word about this passion project around the MCU, because that's what heroes do as a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. <laughs>